Previously on Hound Radio's Arch Campbell podcast. There's so, so many Farleyisms that that you, I, I'll carry with me forever. Like you know, don't he always said, "Don't get it right, get it first. Or no, oh. don't don't get it first. <laughs> let me say, let me try that again. Yeah, there's been several examples of yeah, that. Yeah, there you go, there, there you go. Don't get I, it I was right, clearly get it first. <laughs> he would always say, "Back it up." Let's try that again. You always say, get it right, don't get it first. The Arch Campbell podcast featuring Arch, Lou Katz, and a cast of thousands begins now. That was WTOP's Jason Fraley on last week's podcast talking about one of their longtime news directors, Jim Farley. Arch, your turn. So here we are. Hi again, friends, and welcome to another episode of the podcast that keeps you up on the ever-changing world of entertainment. I'm Arch Campbell, and I'm here with Lou Katz, seen buzzing around town in a spiffy (laughs) electric car. Right, the shock of my life. (laughs) (laughs) And speaking of shocks, no shocks here. My guest today, two of my great friends. First, entertainment maven, Jason Fraley of WTOP Radio, WTOP.com. And a special treat today, we welcome Bill Newcott of the Saturday Evening Post. I don't think I've ever been a special treat before, so this is quite something. (laughs) Well, Well, you are today, Bill. (laughs) You are the bon vivant of the (laughs) Delaware Shore. (laughs) So... There's a lot to talk about this time, so uh, let's jump right in, and we'll start with Jason. What are you watching? <laughs> well, we all know what we're going to talk about. Uh, uh, yeah. Just polished it starts off with an O. And ends with a Zark. And, <laughs> and ends with a... Man, I oh. I, <laughs> I was oh. I was disappointed a little. I um I don't know about you, Arch. I, I mean, we've talked in previous podcasts. I love the series, and there was and there was so much cool. You know, there's some some filmmaking craft stuff we can go into the finale that I liked, but I didn't like their choice of who was gonna live and die. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, for, for for first of all, are we allowed to talk spoilers yet? Can we talk names? Can we say things? <laughs> It's probably a little early to talk right. spoilers about. Yeah, I'm, I haven't watched episode one, season one yet. So, uh, oh, okay, okay. Please. Well, let me, I'll, I'll <laughs> now, just you, don't worry. Not found... on my account. No, I will just no. say that I was the people that I was rooting for to live and, uh-huh. you know, escape, they, they yes. whacked. And the people that I was rooting to die and get their comeuppance, <laughs> they let them get off in the end. So I was, uh, I was kind of disappointed with that choice. I would just add that the, in the finale, three major characters are killed and it seems to me like every season of every finale a major character was killed in ozark <laughs> yeah. and then every ep- every finale ended with oh my god and this <laughs> was probably the biggest oh my god of them all it was a moment i mean there's things that you can admire like there's a Without spoiling anything, you know the camera, the, the camera backing out uh, right. through, through glass was 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 pretty cool to reveal a character. Yeah. They they brought back there's there's a familiar image that they set up. 
uh, I guess a prop will say that that shows up yeah. later in the final one. So that kind of comes back around. And ultimately, the, the every choice that they make, you know, Wendy, you know, this whole season, Wendy's fighting her dad to try to get the kids to come back with her. The way that that pans out without spoilers also factors into the ending. So it's it's sort of set up and paid off. It's just the choice of which way the route that they went in the writer's room. <laughs> Sort of disappointed me a little bit because I, you know, if it was Breaking Bad, you know, let, let's talk in Breaking Bad yeah, terms. You know, yeah. the, 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 let's say Walter White ended up getting his comeuppance there. And uh, Jesse, Pinkman <laughs> Jesse Pinkman drives off and breaks uh -huh, free. Right, so, right. Um, I won't say that how that happened. That was kind of satisfying. Me. Right. So this, I was sort of rooting for something similar and we got something a little different, but. I found that after, you, you know, first Ozark came back and they give you seven episodes and then they stopped. And then you have to wait three months. And then the final seven came. And I found that after each one of these final seven, I had to rest. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I, was, I was just too wrung out. <laughs> Bill, you got to start watching Ozark. I think, it's, I, I think it's one of the best. I think it is in the league with Breaking Bad and The Wire. And uh, what else can you mention? The Sopranos. Yeah. yeah, you know what, Arch? It's funny you mentioned The Sopranos. The, yeah. the you know, you know, you know how I, the, the final season opened. Open. I, I was that. thinking that. Oh, you mean with the cut to black? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I, when I but when as we got down toward the end, I thought, are they going to end this like The Sopranos? <laughs> well, they did do a bit of a nod they to that with the cut of, to black, but yeah. but it's a little. But it was more. I mean, if you go back and watch it, it's less ambiguous. It's pretty clear what happens with the cut to black. Is but, this uh, a thing about these long these long term series that those those final episodes are always fraught with one pitfall after another, and 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 they just don't. You kind of sense they just don't want to end the story. They want to end the story mm. with a certain kind of impact. That'll, that'll, that'll get people talking about it like you are today. You know, it, it's, it, it, they never seem to just end a story. I kept thinking, I kept continuing the story after I saw the last, that's how infested I was. <laughs> and, and, you know, I know they don't want to do anymore. I know they don't want to do a sequel. And I imagine they're going to get just billions of dollars thrown at them and they will have to do a sequel. Yeah, or are there enough people left alive to do a sequel? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Huh. Yeah. And and they opened. Um. How do I say? They they opened the final season. Not not the one that just came back this weekend, but uh, I guess the one in January. The first seven episodes. They opened Arch. Remember with that framing device. The big. There's a big car accident. With a huge car accident. Yeah. And they they left us with the mid-season cliffhanger without even addressing that at all. So I knew it would have to come back into play. And it finally does in the series finale, the final episode. Um, I was <laughs> I was thinking there would be more death and carnage out of that. And it turns out it really wasn't much. They make us it, gas a little, but yeah, you know, I, it I was, was just a complete teaser, just a complete you know a literal swerve on the road yeah just you know and they all crawl well should we say that i mean I, 
We won't right. give away what happens, but what didn't happen was you mentioned the Sopranos. I was I thought it'd be kind of cool if re- remember mm-hmm. remember how um remember how Tony Soprano after that car crash he squeezed um Christopher's nostrils and suffocated him. Remember that in the Sopranos? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I was hoping maybe that they would flip Ooh. it and the, the kids would Ugh. take out their parents and squeeze <laughs> their nostrils, but it didn't happen. So that's not a spoiler. But we won't say who who lives or dies in that crash. But uh, yeah, it, it didn't go how I thought it would. Bill, I want you to watch the Ozark. I want you to start on Ozark. It's it's really a, a fantastic piece of television. And I can only do one of, this... of these things at a time, and I just, I know you're going to get to it later. Mm-hmm. I just started Barry. Oh, okay. okay. Well, you can catch up on that quicker. It's only but that's half-hour half hour episodes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and you're only in what? We just started season three, so that you'll be, you'll be caught up on that pretty quickly. Okay. But try and the Ozark pilot. The pilot alone. I, watch the pilot at least. I guarantee you'll be hooked. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we may go back and watch Ozark over again. The whole thing. How many seasons is that? I think it's six seasons. Six seasons. <laughs> so I, don't I don't think I'm living that much longer for a while. <laughs> I think it was less than that arc, wasn't it? Was like it four, five? Four, four or was five? it four? Not... You know what? It's four, but they broke up the last one into two exactly. Seasons. Okay. Like cool. Yeah. I'm thinking of Better Call Saul, which is six right. seasons, and you know, Better Call Saul sounds similar but uh each episode is is just like a slow drip so i don't have to rest and like they all have cartel they all have cartels including barry <laughs> mm-hmm. i just i my, i'm sitting here upstairs of my house here i'm looking across the street at the house and my uh, friend over there just started watching better call saul two weeks ago yeah and she has not slept since then she just <laughs> She just keeps rolling it through and says, yeah, I was up at three o'clock in the morning watching episode five, season four of Better Call Saul. She just, I'm not sure she's eating or drinking. I think this, it, we may have to call 911, but. What's this, Mrs. Well, Thorwald doing? <laughs> As a great segue, yeah. Barry, I just find myself delighted by and laughing out loud mm-hmm. at, yeah. and uh, the latest episode uh, and, you know, and the, the, the hook is uh, Henry Winkler as the acting coach. <laughs> yeah. It's it's such a wonderful role for him. And there's a bit, they they get into some bits in there that are almost like silent movies. Really? I, I, I just finished the last episode of season one last night. Uh-huh. So now I'm up and getting into season two. When there's that, but the encounter on the dock with the cop. Right. Oh, okay. Which is Excellent. like, what Excellent. an ending to a season that was. Oh, okay. And they, they managed to keep it going in season two. And now season three, you know, and at the end of every season of, of Barry, I think, how can they keep this going? And, and they find a way. Well, he's but so I, good. I mean, he surprised me because he's always been a funny guy. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, but he's a fine, fine actor. Who are we talking about? Bill he, Hader, you mean? Or Bill, Bill Hader, Hader. yeah. Bill Hader, God, I'm I'm uh, I'm with him all the way. I yeah. I, I think the world of him now. Oh, I, I don't love think. Barry. Have you seen the latest Barry? Yeah, yeah, I've watched the. It, there's been two episodes this season, three, I think. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, I've watched them both, and I'm trying to. How do we dance around it? Because I know Bill's still. I don't. The bit with it, but... the dogs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> dogs. My wife and I were cracking up about the dogs. I, I was laughing. I missed a lot of the dialogue because I was just sitting there on my couch laughing. But that's what they do. They they, they put uh-huh. you in these pressure cooker intense situations with violence and 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 um and Bill, I mean like Bill Hader and is like 
uh, extra losing his mind in season three, Bill Newcott. I'm telling oh, you, yeah. he's, he's like gone extra. And Henry Winkler uh, ha- has reason that he's furious at him. So they're, <laughs> they're, they're at like complete dramatic odds. I love you, Mr. Kuzma. Do you love me? Can you say it? I love you, Barry. Can you say it again? And but in the middle of this dramatic tension, there'll be this thing that like Arch is talking about with these dogs, or a car will come out of nowhere and Henry Winkler will go, ah! And it's hilarious. So um yeah, they that I can't think of a show that in the recent years that's better walk that line of like a breaking bad or an Ozark drama, but at the same time this laugh out loud stuff or like it's like a, it's like Ted Lasso at the same time as Ozark. It's it's crazy. When you get into the second season though of Barry, there is an episode where Barry is called on to uh, take out a martial arts expert (laughs) who has a a young daughter who is also a martial arts expert. And I think until last night, I think that is one of the single most brilliant comedic uh episodes i've seen uh in years so that's your tease for barry uh, okay <laughs> so yeah, now yeah. okay now we're, we're hogging up all the airtime for ozark <laughs> which i just i think i've said it i think it's in the league with uh breaking bad and uh the wire and the sopranos hmm. I, I so that's it for ozark and then barry is so accessible because they're short episodes so now bill what are you watching? <laughs> well, I'm watching movies. I know. Yes. Actual movies. Long live um, good. Uh, I just I just saw uh, Liam Neeson's new movie, Memory. Right. Have you have you seen this? I I hear that it's getting really great uh reviews. Is it? That's not surprising. by Oliver Jones did not like it. <laughs> uh it, you know, the thing is Liam Neeson is never bad. Uh-huh. You know, it's almost like if he's in a really bad movie, he looks even better because he's just so he just rises above the material so much. But in this movie, he plays a hitman. Another hitman. That's there, here we go. Here we go again. <laughs> he's a hitman who has advancing Alzheimer's. I'm the bad man. Have been for a long time. That's three people likely killed with the same weapon. What's that? Found them on the floor. Your shooter's losing his mind. I, I happen to have seen the original. There's, there's a Dutch movie it's based on from like 2002 or something. Mm. And in the movie, the guy is deteriorating through the film because of the pressure and he can't get his meds. And as the film progresses, you're not sure if he's perceiving everything right or if he actually you're seeing things as he's seeing them, which would be distorted. In this film, that premise is set up in the beginning and then they sort of leave it. Like every once in a while, someone, he, he says something to remind everyone that he's losing his, his memory. But it only comes up at the very end when he forgets to do something. And there's something very important that a hitman should always do that he doesn't pay do. off. And it comes, kind of comes out of nowhere because you've almost forgotten. Right. He has he has uh, memory problems. Nevertheless, he is he's really good. And Guy Pierce is in it. Guy Pierce. Uh, yeah. Who, love who Guy was in Pierce. the best memory movie of all time. Exactly. I was thinking of Memento. Yeah. So how does it uh, compare to that, Bill? Oh, it's nothing like that. It's it. This is not. No one's going to be talking about this memory movie <laughs> twenty years from now. Um, and that's the thing. I mean, that Liam Neeson, he makes five or six potboiler B movies, and then he'll step back and make something that reminds you that of how, how terrific he is. And I think his next movie, he's playing a dad businessman who someone's trying to blow up his family. So that's typical. That's 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 right. his money making. Right. But then the one after that, he's making Marlowe. He's doing uh, Raymond Chandler. Oh, and wow! I, and I think he's kind of born for that. 
Hmm. I'll I, be, I, I, I wonder what the case will be. Uh, I wonder I don't if know. it's going to be a remake. Marlowe. I'm sure it's, it's one of the stories. Remake of The Big Sleep or... Uh, yeah. I wonder. Well, but That'll I also saw um, The Duke. Have you seen The Duke? With Jim Broadbent no, and, and Helen Mirren? Uh, here, I've heard about it. Heard about both of these. Yeah. Now, I want to make a confession. And, uh, well, tell me about The Duke, and then I need to confess something to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to blow it off. Yeah, it's a good movie. What do you got to say, Arch? That's a teaser. <laughs> I'm, I find myself, I'm interested in several movies. There are several movies I want to see. One is the, uh, I want to see the Nick Cage movie. It's got my Me attention. Me too. I heard the Duke is good. I'd like to see that because I like Jim Broadbent a lot. I want to see the outfit, which I think Jason mm -hmm. has seen. Uh, and seen I I've start seen out. Offer. I've seen the offer, which I'd love to talk. The God, oh. the making of the Godfather series. Oh, the okay. offer. Yes, okay. but I'll talk, I'll talk that in a minute. There you go. That's my usual mis misstatement and misunderstanding. <laughs> And every time I, and I, I have gone to theaters for uh, matinees, especially I'll do that. I'll go out and I'll try that. I'm not ready to go into a crowded theater. And so every time I get interested in something, I think, well, you know, I get it on uh, HBO max or Netflix mm -hmm. uh, in a few more weeks. So I'll just wait for that. Yeah. So <laughs> What should I do? Sounds like you're winding things down, George. <laughs> Except that I just watched Drive My Car. Oh, oh yeah. I finally caught up with it. Yeah. The Japanese. I I it's three hours it long, on, right? This is a very long Three hours long yeah. in Japanese. Uh, it was selected by several groups as the best movie of the year. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's one of the most artistic films I've seen in quite a while. And what was that? Was that on uh, HBO Max or Netflix? I don't know. Doesn't matter. I can't remember what ultimately it dropped on, but it won, it won the Oscar for the for international film, <laughs> yeah, right? And even though I was film. I was rooting for I was rooting for um, worst person in the world, Archie. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah. Loved that. So I have a way to see these movies I want to see, but but I do. I'm I'm hesitant still to go to the theaters. What I have to I sit do? down and see Drive My Car. I just, Japanese, three hey, hours, hey, those, that's two strikes. I, I know, I know. <laughs> Not that I don't I like Japanese cinema, so but I, it's, it's, a, it's a long time. I'll confess, I saw it over a couple of nights. Well, that's uh, The subtitles were not a problem. In fact, they're not that many subtitles because so much of it is silent. Really? It's a beautiful looking movie. Okay. And, and it's ultimately as moving as everyone says. Well, you're talking me into it. But I didn't I watch thought it, it was the really theater. well done. Yeah, I thought it was really well done. If, if, you, if you have your, your patience, it's not, you know, I won't, it's not, I don't think it's going to cross over into the mainstream accessible, like, like Parasite did. That became like a phenomenon. Everybody, you know, even my, you know, more lower brow friends could dig Parasite. This one, it does, it's a little more of a artful cinephile thing. But Bill, you might appreciate it. Yeah. I think I would have had a different uh, experience, though, if I had gone over to the Avalon or the or the Landmark or uh, Cinema Arts and sat there for three hours. Mm -hmm. right. So I don't know. I'm in a conundrum. 
I'm just. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure you wouldn't have had to have someone sit right next to you if you went to the Avalon and saw <laughs> drive my car. You could have had a road to yourself, most likely. Uh, so I'm going to work on that. I'm okay. working on that because I still think it's important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, that, that's, I think it's essential that we support the theaters, and I'm I'm saying that as a complete and utter hypocrite because I haven't been to a theater in a while. But <laughs> I um, I mean that, that can't go away. That, that whole communal aspect of watching film is is yeah. something. It's part of the experience, part of the art. Yeah, I got well, a uh, I got a movie and a TV series to talk about. Which one do you guys okay. want want to talk about? <laughs> I like to talk about movies, but. <laughs> um, All right. There, there was one. It's just dropped on HBO Max. It's called The Survivor. It's by Barry. It's Barry Levinson's latest. Uh, ben mm. Ben Foster plays a real life uh, Holocaust survivor of Auschwitz, and he was forced to box while in the concentration camp. And then he went. It was a real story. It was a real story. The guy was Harry Haft, I think his name was. Um, and then he comes over and and becomes a fighter in in, in uh, America and fights Rocky Marciano for a little bit. I want to fight Marciano, a girl from back home. She doesn't know that I'm alive. But if her name is in the papers, I will plaster your story all over the East Coast. I'd recommend it for Ben Foster's performance. I think it's one of the best things he's ever done. It was like almost like a, you know, De Niro, Jake LaMotta, losing all that weight and even more so emaciated as a Holocaust, you know, mm -hmm. prisoner. But then coming, getting the chisel body for the, you know, mid 20th century American bouts. But then the whole second of the half, it basically, you know how in the end of Raging Bull, it's like it, maybe like the last third after the big Sugar Ray Robinson fight, the big climax, the last third or maybe even less than that is him in, in retirement. You know, the fat failure of the cheap nightclub. This mm -hmm. is like the whole second half of the whole movie is is him in wow. retirement. So that made it a little weird. It kind of jumps around in flashbacks a little too much, but I'd say it's worth seeing for Ben Foster's performance. It's called The Survivor. And, and who's carrying it? Uh, I think it dropped on on HBO Max. Yeah. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Yeah. But I know, um, I know, Arch, you are a huge fan of The Godfather, and I think Bill, you right? Too. Yeah. Paramount Plus just dropped a new se a, ser a, a series, TV series, miniseries about the making of of The Godfather. It's called The Offer, as in an offer you can't refuse. And I, I'm four episodes in. I can't exactly call it good necessarily. There's some unnecessary gangster subplots, but that said, I'm hooked. I, it's delicious yeah. watching a guilty pleasure watching how The Godfather was made. <laughs> There's a wonderful book, isn't there, that's just out uh, recently called, I think, uh, Leave the Gun, Take the Cannoli. Right. <laughs> Have right. you read about that? And I wonder if this is based on that. Well, this is the opening credits say it's based on Albert S. Ruddy's uh, never before told tales, however they mm. say it. But, yeah. he's, you know, he was a producer and he, he's played by Miles Teller, remember, from, from Whiplash. Remember the great right. Miles yeah. Teller. Yeah. Good yeah. to see him back. Wow. Yeah, right. And uh, Robert Evans, the other fame, you know, the, the Paramount studio head is played by Matthew Good. I think of, uh, what was he in? The Crown, maybe. And uh, But the real cool thing is the people that play Coppola and Mario Puzo, there's like some buddy comedy as they're sitting there, you know, in their little wife beater tank tops <laughs> at the, at the, in the living room, you know what I mean? It, at the typewriter, uh, mixing spaghetti sauce and watching which scenes make it in. And uh, the Pacino, the Al Pacino, oh my God, the actor actor is mm -hmm. freaky it looks like him it, it kind of scared me a little bit how like mm -hmm. he'll look up at his eyes and it looks like him or this they go to his i just finished episode four where they go to to try to pitch brando they, they go to his uh his big swanky house in hollywood and he's like I, I really like this role and he stuffs the stuff in his mouth and shows them how he's gonna do it so, <laughs> it, so you just can't as a fan of the godfather you can't help but smile at all these moments even yeah. if even uh -huh. if i even if you know objectively i can i can kind of 
pick holes in it. Like it moves a little quickly, like a Wikipedia page a little bit. It lacks the subtle artistry of Coppola's uh, masterpieces, but I, mm. I'm all in. I can't wait to keep watching it. <laughs> nice. That sounds good. I, I will yeah. check that out. Yeah. Uh, and, and it kind of picks up on that idea that some of the greatest things ever made uh, happened by accident. Oh, mm -hmm. there's so many people in this, at least according to this show, at least what I've known from researching in movie history is, is there were so many times that this, the plug could have got uh, pulled on this, you know, Evans didn't want Pacino at all, but Coppola really fought for him. Uh, there's, there's these subplots where the, the, even the, even the mob and, <clears throat> and their ties to Frank Sinatra are mad Sinatra, over the Johnny, yeah. yeah, they're mad over Johnny Fontaine and all that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So Vic Damone turns the role down because he's worried about it. Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. There's there there's so right. many little allusions. There's like yeah. a, a a bloody uh, gift left in a bed. It's not a horse head, but it's like a book jacket <laughs> filled with blood. Uh, yeah, they, they do they do all kinds of winks where the mob uh -huh. is trying to you know warn uh -huh. them not to make this movie. But so in the end, it's a tale of um R Albert S. Ruddy, you know Miles Teller, his his, his uh, perseverance in getting this thing made. Very neat. Uh, okay, cool. Do you think you have to be a film lover to love it, or or is it? Um... I think so. I think because yeah. I think it's um like I said, like it's it's paced so fast and it's almost like we're trying to cram in everything. And mm -hmm. so if you're a casual fan, it's probably like, well, what? Is, why are we going? Who are all these people? But yeah. for the three of us, or for Lou, I'm sure you love The Godfather yeah. too. It's uh, it was sort of like catnip. So I can acknowledge the flaws and sort of how it you know skips across the water of the pond too fast. But I'm mm -hmm. I'm eating it. I'm eating it up. <laughs> yeah, some of those have not been satisfying. Like I'm remembering uh, the one on Citizen Kane. What was it? Um, uh, RKO three forty two. Well, there was, uh, there was Mank too recently. Yeah, Mank, Mank, I like. Mank, you liked, yeah. But uh, and and then I've seen a couple of others. Isn't there's one on a on a producer? Uh, you know, stuff floating around that I don't know. It looks like people playing dress up. Yeah, there's. Uh, well, that's there's how I I've kind of felt about the Lucien Desi movie. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. There was a lot of people. It was an homage to those people that they were making the movie about. But other than guy who played Fred Mertz, played Bill Ferrelli, the Oscar yeah. winner, uh, he, he invested himself in that role really nicely. It kind of reminds me of the tone, like you're saying, the playing dress up. It kind of reminds me of when, remember Anthony Hopkins played Hitchcock in that biopic movie, mm -hmm. kind of, which yeah. wasn't that great. Yeah. So yeah. it, I, I would say it's kind of like lower your expectations to that level and then it will exceed those. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like <laughs> it, feel, it feels like that vibe. Like, you know, they're, they're not doing any symbolic imagery like Coppola in those movies. It's more like what you see is what you get. But if you're into the making of story, like I am, I, I found it entertaining. That's your Rotten you Tomatoes know. if you're right there. Lower your expectations and you'll exceed them. <laughs> yeah, and you'll love it. Actually, that's my, that's my motto for living. <laughs> I live my life that way and it works exactly. perfectly. You know, the Lucy and Desi thing reminds me there was a much better uh, documentary that Amy Poehler did and posted mm -hmm. on uh, Amazon. Did you see that? Yeah, that, this that, was their home movies. Yeah, and uh, some of Lucy's recordings. Oh, Desi was drunk last night. <laughs> <laughs> I told Desi not to run around with those showgirls. Sorry, I'm just channeling. Arch, you sounds like Arch. You sound like you drank too much vitamin and Benjamin. <laughs> uh, it's a bitch to be funny. Lucy, <laughs> uh, no, no, but yeah, that's a. In fact, I was just watching yesterday. I'm, I'm doing a 
I'm, I'm doing a little thing down here where I'm talking about magic in the movies at a local theater. Yeah, yeah. And there, there's a film with Desi Arnaz, his last role. It's called The Escape Artist. Really? Yeah, and uh, he plays the mayor of a corrupt town, and I think, I forget who someone actually notable directed it. Um, but there, there was there was Desi Arnaz in his final role with Raul Julia playing his son. Oh and, man, uh, Raul Julia sits in his lap. It was, it was a little awkward. You're doing some uh, classic film writing, aren't you, Bill? You you did in what a sense? Uh, <laughs> an anniversary of uh, I, that I saw the other day of W.C. Fields. Oh yeah, I, did, I just did a video for W.C. Fields mm -hmm. about for a Saturday Evening Post. I do a video for them once a month about movies, mm -hmm. and uh, it was actually just tied to a, some Blu-ray releases from Kino Lorber. Uh, but it occurred to me that people, I don't think people know who W.C. Fields is anymore. It's it's is. They might see a poster in an old movie where in the movie he's being used as a nostalgia prop. You know, he's, we, are, yeah. we are so removed from W.C. Fields. So I just decided to do a little retrospective of his career, and it's, it's really doing well online. <laughs> I think people like are really suddenly saying, oh, man, they, that, he was actually a funny guy. He wasn't just a, you know, a, a, a prop that people bring out once in a while to, to, as shorthand for the 1930s or something. This is uh, Saturday Evening Post. Yeah, Saturday Evening Post. dot com slash movies. That's a and great I, idea. And, I and, note this is the seventieth anniversary of Singing in the Rain. Surely hmm. that's crossed Jason's mind. I'm singing in the rain, just singing in the rain. What a glorious feel, and I'm happy again. Oh, it's it's the ultimate. I mean, maybe unless you want to throw in Wizard of Oz, I guess that's a musical too. But yeah, I mean, other than that, I mean, yeah, Singing in the Rain, I think is like the, the greatest movie musical of all time. Or one of the greatest movies, throw in Sunset Boulevard, All About Eve, etc. about showbiz in general, mm -hmm. um, you know. But um, but I do, uh, Bill, it's a great idea because, you know, and, and you're so right. Like people, I mean, I'm, I'm, what am I now? 37. I don't think fellow 37 year olds know uh, W.C. Fields. I mean, we do. We know it's a gift in My Little Chickadee, et cetera. But mm -hmm. they, most people right. don't know him as well as like Laurel and Hardy was on Chandler and Joey's Wall and Friends, mm -hmm. you know, the, or the Three Stooges or, you know what I mean? The, even yeah. the Marx Brothers, people know them better than W.C. Fields. So I'm glad that you're bringing it back. Yeah, I mean, there was a moment in the early 70s when you'd see that picture from My Little Chickadee yeah. of him with the cards yeah. and, uh, and, the, and the hat on. Uh -huh. And that was on every wall of every dorm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, as yeah. if, you know. Yeah. He could make, he could make them, he could yeah. make them, make them laugh, make them laugh. Uh, like, uh, that's yeah. me trying to get back to Arch's question about singing in the rain. Oh, yeah. But um, Arch, did you want to bring that up for a reason? I mean, I, 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 I assume you love it as much. That Donald O'Connor and Jim Kelly. I do, of course. And, uh, you know, I just was reading a review of the latest Blu-ray thing. And a uh, couple of tidbits. One of the uh, urban myths was that they put milk in the water for uh, Kelly to splash around in to give it more viscosity. And uh, that has been knocked down. It's only rainwater. <laughs> and <laughs> the other is that uh, the song Make Them Laugh, which you just referenced, was almost a complete lift of Cole Porter's Be a Clown. Make them laugh. Don't you know everyone wants to laugh? <laughs> and that Cole Porter elected to be a gentleman about it and not sue. Did you know that? No. Well, I know a lot of the songs in that movie have appeared mm -hmm. in a right. previous. Sure. That's the only, actually, I, I think, yeah, those, those are old Freed songs from the mm -hmm. 30s, from right. earlier films, right. including Singing in the Rain. And, and they, 
And Donald O'Connor wanted one song for himself. And so Freed goes, okay, I'll write you a song. I'll have it this afternoon. <laughs> and apparently he goes back and listens to make him to be a clown. Yeah. Be yeah. a clown, be sense. a clown, oh, which yeah, is yeah. make him laugh, make him laugh. Well, what and I love about it is that the idea and every, probably every comedian all the way up to Will Ferrell and everyone now probably would agree with what's said in that song. It's like the perfect distilled version of what a comic actor is. Yeah. Is yeah. He, they say, what do they say? You know, you can charm the critics and be quite elite, or you can slip on a banana peel and the world's bigger <laughs> Make them laugh, make them laugh, make them laugh. <laughs> I think the funniest thing is everyone in that movie, making the movie, knew that song was a ripoff and no one told Freed. They, they just said, we just, got, we just want to get the thing filmed. So, yeah. It is just great. It. I mean, good morning, good morning. I mean, yeah. that number is great. The title number that Arch is talking about that's not milk, apparently. It's splashing around. Um, it's, it just makes you smile. How can you watch yeah. that movie and not smile? I guess with, it was for the 60th anniversary. I got to interview Rita Moreno. And... Mm. Um, and Patricia Kelly, Gene yeah. Kelly's uh, last wife. Right. Uh, and yeah, the, the thing is, it's so, you forget how funny that movie is. Because we always see, we see the clips of the music, but that whole, the whole collage in the beginning when, there's, when Gene Kelly's a struggling young actor, yeah. and, and he's like, dignity. That's the most important <laughs> thing to me is dignity. And he's running into buildings that are blowing yeah. up. Like and a he's, stunt man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a stunt man, just <laughs> getting humiliated one step after another. And yeah. so it's dignity it's all yeah. about dignity and lena and lena lamont too like i can't stand them or, or the one director when you know you're hearing the rustling of the microphone and he's like roll them and they do that over and over again yeah. it is it is like crying laughing it really is i think the fi- most amazing thing about singing in the rain is it is it's funny it's great musical it's it's the performances are amazing but it's also a document of that time in hollywood because that was not even 25 years Prior to that is when all that happened, when they went yeah. from silence to sound and, and everyone lost their jobs. And the actors who were these he-man matinee idols, you know, they ended up talking like uh, uh, Charles Farrell. He was a silent screen star. And then they made movies and he turned and he talked like this. And it wasn't until the 50s where he could be Maji, right. my Maji, my Maji with... Gale Storm. Well, that's the whole plot, right? It's the dueling uh-huh. cavalier, and they have to turn yeah. it into a musical because they're these star- these silent stars. It's it's. And yeah, so it's, it's interesting. Right. We're celebrating this, and uh, could they write a movie musical about uh, uh, the effect of streaming on movie theaters? Well, that's because not, we're I, in no a similar should write that. situation. You're right. Someone a should change. Write that. <laughs> that's I mean, Singing in the Rain is as close to that era as we are to 9-11. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's true. And so it was, it was not ancient history to them. It was, it probably hit some, yeah. rubbed some very raw nerves when it, when it was made in Hollywood. And to Arch's point, I think this streaming revolution, and I know the pandemic's played into that too, but the streaming revolution is probably the most seismic shift since Silence to Talkies. I, I think, I mean, I'm trying to think what else you would put in that category, but yeah. yeah. Television and, maybe, but that didn't really threaten it. That was seen as a second rate thing for a while. Which brings us back to the offer, which you were talking about, and that is uh, uh, business is so much more careful now. I don't think they would gamble like they did on The Godfather. So, no, and, it, and it's that, and it's this fascinating image. Yeah, yes, yes, there's all the downs, and we don't want to glamorize it. There's, mm-hmm. the, there's like the Me Too elements of these Playboy Hollywood you know, execs. But on the plus side... Either you do see this Hollywood that you know it was called the Hollywood Renaissance period, you know the Easy Riders, the Raging Bull era, and um, it although I'd back it up and put it at you know sixty seven, right, Bonnie and Clyde, Easy Riders, not yeah, really the yeah. but um, that Renaissance period, yeah, you sort of see these creatives. Mm-hmm 
these gutsy, ballsy creatives working within the system during that period. So, yeah, I don't think they do it today in movies like, you know. I, mean, I think The Godfather today would be an indie movie. It would be an A21 film. and Wow. And, uh, but well, there, was actually, there, was, there was a really interesting story in the Washington Post where a guy was defending, he was saying how people say the Godfather changed everything, but actually the Godfather uh -huh. really saved the studio system because it, 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 it looked like an outsider's product, right. but it wasn't. And the studios realized, oh, we can make this kind of movie now. So actually the studios benefited. And yeah. speaking of studios and independence, <laughs> it's time to take a break for our enabler hound radio and in the control room our dear friend blue cats now jason i know you're a big dog fan you have what one or two yes one liberty the black lab well <laughs> you check check out this latest world of dogs feature on hound radio hound radio pauses the music for another wonderful look into the world of dogs with faith lapidus dogs eat pretty much anything from fruits and vegetables, to paper napkins, to poop. But they especially like meat. Meat and meat byproducts are usually the main ingredient in dog food. But does it have to be meat? Can you feed your dog a vegetarian or even vegan diet? The answer is maybe. The animal proteins they typically eat have a lot of amino acids in a form that's easy for your dog's body to use. So any alternative diet needs to include all of the nutrients essential for your pet's health. There are some commercially available vegetarian brands from companies that have done studies of digestibility and ingredient interaction, as well as feeding trials. It's also possible to feed your dog a homemade vegetarian diet. But before you go green, it's important to check with your vet or a nutritionist to make sure a plant-based diet is a good fit for your pet. In the meantime, treat them to a carrot or banana. You might be surprised at the fruits and veggies they like. I'm Faith Lapidus for Hound Radio. We're back now to our world of dogs. Uh, on a sad note, I think we were all shocked at the passing of Naomi Judd. And uh, any uh, comments on uh, that terrible loss? I actually interviewed Winona Judd, mm -hmm. Winona Judd the daughter, uh, one of the daughters, yeah. um, a couple, literally like three or four days before that news broke. And there was oh. something there was something in her voice. She, she really? was a little, she was shorter in her answers. And I'm just speculating because mm -hmm. I, I interviewed her at the beginning of the pandemic. She had a guitar she was singing she was so happy um and had all the time in the day and this it was much more short so i don't know i'm just speculating but it's possible that you know there was a lot of not you know not good good stuff going on in 20 years ago i met naomi judd and she was just uh you know charming and the daughter <laughs> well, said mental illness which i don't know what i mean is i my mind went to suicide i don't know they haven't very uh, and and uh, just inducted in the country music hall of fame i'm gonna make this fast because my heart's broken and I feel so blessed, and it's a very strange dynamic to be this broken and this blessed. Quite sad. Uh, what are we recommending for the weekend? Uh, having talked about Ozark and Barry and uh, so much stuff to get uh, hooked on, we didn't even mention Better Call Saul. I'd recommend Barry. I think that's the coolest, funnest, you know, both drama and comedy. And, and then if you're into movie history, check out The Offer. But again, like we said, it's sort of, it's kind of uh it's like a little too cheery or too fast paced for its own good but check it should out. i look for duke bill you should look for the duke that's it's a fun movie yeah it's it's uh he's created and it's also helen mirren in a way you probably haven't seen her before mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um she plays his wife and she is the 1961 british housewife and she's got it down and 
It's brilliant. And Two no brilliant John, actors. No John movie. Wayne in that one, right? <laughs> <laughs> Not that kind of Duke. <laughs> hey, Jason Fraley of jasonfraley.com or, or uh, WTOP.com. <laughs> It'll be We're Jason launching Fraley that other one later. Incorporated <laughs> one of these days. Bill Newcott of the Saturday Evening Post. And we can find your WC Field stuff on Saturday Evening Post's website. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm Arch Campbell with Lou Katz. And we'll be back in a couple weeks. Thanks so much for listening. This is the Katz Podcasting System, where it's not just a podcast, but a podcast.